So Ed came to Los Angeles in 1953, and he came from, uh, he was brought up in, uh, on a farm in uh, Fairfield, Washington, and which he hated, 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 hated. Never drink milk again, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, no, really. But he said he used to look and see the lights from Spokane, which of course is nothing either, you know, over in some distance. So, anyhow, that was the beginning and he went to Los Angeles. You know, a few little stops along the way. But anyhow, settled more or less in Los Angeles, 1953. And so these were the beginnings that he made. So if you think about it, you know, he went to art school for like three months in Spokane until they said, listen, either you gotta pay or you gotta go. And you know, he had to go. So, cause he couldn't pay, I mean, he had nothing. So anyhow, the only thing I'd had going for him at this point and for actually his entire life is that he could absolutely trade anything. He, he had that ability where he could trade. It didn't even matter whether you spoke the language. He was that good at it. And if you look at that film, the one that's a portrait of an artist, there's a part in there about where he's in the used car or in the uh, junkyard, the car junkyard. That was not scripted. That was absolutely, there was no script for it. That was just him talking to these guys that he'd been bring in cars because he'd run an ad in the paper, say, I'll take your own car, your old car, and then he would sell it to the junkyard. Anyhow, it's kind of interesting to listen to that little part of that film because it very much shows how he dealt with people and, you know, what he did. And, you know, and he, he did that his entire life. So anyhow, that was the beginning. And so he was, you know, doing some abstract stuff and, you know, these kind of 53, 54, and then, this, you know, he started adding on some um, some pieces of wood, you know, that he would find. And you see that these are pieces that came off of a window or something because they have these little nails, so they were some sort of finish, you know, stuff. And he did that because he couldn't afford the paint, so he tried to make them thicker by adding on, you know, wood, and then he'd paint over the wood to make it appear as if it was paint, you know, rather than just things. So all of these kind of represent that, you know, and here he still left the wood kind of raw, which is strange, but he did. And then later on he got where he completely covered, painted the wood. This one, I, I don't know, you know. I mean, I mean, for me it's just, ugh, you know, so I can't talk about it. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> And this, when he would put the, you know, the words on it and stuff, like, like Peter said, you know, and, but I mean, that's when it actually is a very practical, and this, the words and pieces are usually very practical. And this one is to make sure they don't hang it upside down so that the deer head, you know, would be proper. No, think about it. So it's a very practical thing. And, you know, the, the works and including the sculptures as they went on are very, practical and they almost work like a book from left to right. If you look at them, you stand in front of them, it's almost like if you stop, start in the upper left corner and work your way down to the right. It's pretty much how they read, shall we say, and uh, to do that. So, you know, and he was a hunter and of course grew up in, uh, you know, a time of hunting and grew up with uh, you know, a father that did it, you know what I mean, and he, he did all that stuff. He was also a gun collector, 
but hunting, hunting rifles in, in that way. 53 Winchesters. I have a lot of them, in case anybody needs one, you know. And then this one, the Nativity, he had, had decided, it was kind of interesting, he had, he'd started to make this, he was, his mother was quite religious. And Ed was against religion now, so it seems, you know, amazing that he was making a nativity. But, you know, he did not believe in uh, organized religion. He believed in nature. I'm not sure how much difference there is, but anyhow, he did not believe in, in that. And so he made this, and he had originally planned to have a, a uh, minister and a, you know, bench, you know, pews and, you know, and then sort of a, a metal frame around it to give the, the, you know, the feel of a church, which he, and he did make the minister, and then he just thought, I don't know, he said he saw somewhere, he saw somebody else had used this metal frame, and he wasn't going to do it, so he sold the minister, or tr no, he traded the minister to his doctor. Let's be more realistic, you know, I mean, he also traded, he traded a lot, you know, he traded, you know, something else to his dentist, which may be in here too, maybe something in here from Glicks, you know. And so that things happened that way where he did trades and, and uh, even made the, uh, you know, money, you know, so that he wanted to prove that his money was worth more than, than the, you know, the American dollar. And so he made a group, you know, called the Watercolors. And, and he'd also make them to trade things for him, you know, like for six screwdrivers, you know. And then he started out with trading watercolors and, you know, two good mountain horses and stuff like that. And then he finally realized, you know, that you didn't live by barter alone and you needed money. So he started making the money ones, $1, $2, you know, up to 10000 But it stopped at 1000 and then it went 1000 I think 10000 I'm not sure. And um, anyhow, that was a thing. So this is... We hope that it's in the correct configuration of what a nativity is supposed to be. But this is, of course, you know, you have the baby Jesus, you have the, the sheep, you have Mary, you have Joseph, you, you know, you have Jerusalem over there, you know, in the background, the angel, and the three kings. So, you Christians ought to be able to explain that too. No, there must be a Christian in the group, you know. But anyhow, it, so it is, you know, a nativity, and it, yeah, and the star of Bethlehem and so forth. So it's not too hard to... Yeah, yeah, there was, you know, what's an interesting thing about religion, and, you know, it's like um, there were others along, you know, over the years, there were others, and in fact, a, a big big group of them called the 76 JCs, led the big charade, you know. And people are absolutely afraid of anything that has a cross in it. It's really interesting. It's like you can sell anything, you know. You can sell that thing, you know, with the upside down deer or that horrible one over there. And, you know, but you could, but it doesn't have a cross in it or a sickle or whatever it is. You know, it doesn't have, you know, one, not a sickle, but, a, you know, a... Uh, What's the Muslim one? You know, it doesn't have the, the Jewish star. It doesn't have the, you know, any of the religions. You name them, not a good thing to put in your art, you know. 
people are really afraid of it. And this one is Lita and the Canadian Honker. It's always like that one. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, of course, it hit, you know, it's, you see Lita's legs and all of that, and then the Canadian goose, you know, so it's a little bit sexual, I guess. But if this is Lita, and this is the goose, you know, so anyhow, that, of course, is, you know, an homage to Rubens, right? Yeah. But he would always pretend also that he didn't know anything, like he didn't know who Rubens was or something. And I'd say pretend, you know, because he did know. But uh, to do that, and this is, uh, well, what is it? Yeah, it is Mother Sterling Revisited, yeah. Well, this is, you know, this portrait of one of his ex-wives. You know, Ed was married five times, in case there's any question about that. I was the fifth wife, you know? So you can see, you know, I mean, not particularly happy with this one. Yeah, there's always something, you know, he was very funny. He was very funny, which, you know, you can't really see it very often, you know, in the work, you can't really see it. But he was a very funny man. And uh, I was telling Graham that he had a, one thing that he had was he had a, he always, Ed always answered the phone, which was fine with me, you know, that I didn't have to do it. And he always did, you know, and he, so he'd, wherever we were in the world, he'd get a phone call and the only thing you'd hear it, he'd be saying, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he'd break out laughing and he'd hang up. Then he'd immediately dial the phone to somebody else in some other part of the country. And the other person on the other line would go, yeah, yeah, you know. And it was a joke. And this is how they passed jokes around, you know, before internet, before any of that, you know, and it all went from one to the other to the other. And of course it went, you know, it spread around the world. And uh, that came through. This one I'd never seen before. Obviously it was a gift. I don't know what baby, but it says that. And you know, because it says that gift for a baby. And then this obviously had some sort of, um, you know, musical thing, but it gets stuck right there. Now, I don't know if it's worth bending to bring it out to see if the musical box still works. It does go all the way around, but it doesn't make any sound. It doesn't make any sound, okay. And then there I is... forced it after you gave me permission. Yeah, okay, good, yeah. But it didn't work, huh? It's probably one of those little tiny ones, remember, that had the little chimes things, you know those little metal ones that you see every once in a while? They're kind of nice, you know, that you, yeah. And then, you know, I'm sure there's things inside of each one of them, but by now, you know, it's so deteriorated and uh, oxidized that it's hard to say, but yet, it is, uh, you know, it's interesting, of course, the galvanized metal, all the way through forever and ever, you know. It's always on the thing, the frames or whatever it is. Galvanized metal is a big deal. I'm surprised that one doesn't have it. Yeah, it does, it does, as a matter of fact. You see that, that one of the three kings has the galvanized thing. Yeah, and so does Mary, yeah. So that was always a deal. And I'm sure he cut out that little oasis with palm trees and all of that, you know, out of tin and, well, 
Yeah, and the star too, but the star came later. We originally made it, it didn't have the star, and then the star came later, which is also galvanized. So you see, yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, gotta have that. What's the name of this one? The sky is falling. <laughs> okay, thank you. Maybe mine, but I still don't know what's the name of this, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's nothing, you know. Of course, everybody is very curious about this, and I said, well, the only way we could find out is we'd have to cut through the resin and open it to see. And uh, what is inside? But I don't know. With the resin covering it, it makes me think that it had no intention of opening. Otherwise, the resin wouldn't be there. And uh, the resin was used in the, in the work as a uh, painting gesture. That was kind of the thing. And it's funny, you get used to looking at it with it on it. And it like a piece wouldn't be finished until it had the, the resin on it, and, uh, which is just, you know, that deadly polyurethane. No. Fiberglass resin. What's, an, what's the proper name? I don't know. The chemical one. You've got to remember, you guys, I'm old, you know, so the memory. This one, America, my hometown, is kind of fun. But, yeah. And that was kind of interesting, you know, because Ed was really, you know, really American and the big A and all of that, he'd say. But uh, he was more than happy to leave it. And when we moved to Berlin in 1972 and that uh, left Los Angeles with uh, three children and moved off to Berlin and put the kids in school, you know what I mean. Yeah, and just started a new life, and it was wonderful. And he li kind of liked it because he was, he never felt like he got any respect, even though he had this huge retrospective at the Los Angeles County Museum in 1966, and people were lined up for forever. You see that in the film, which is kind of fun to watch because of the, uh, the way the people were dressed and how they did you should look at it you should really absolutely look at both those films before you do any tour things because it'll give you a real insight into how he was and uh and there it's interesting what you're you know it's not him that's interesting it's the uh, people that went to see the exhibition and uh, what they were like and you know, there were, it seemed to me like there was only one guy in it. One black guy was the only one that understood what the hell was going on. Nobody else did, or they were horrified by it. And, uh, but yet they were lined up a long way to see it. And, uh, yeah. And uh, all the pieces, the big ones were in it, you know, that he made, which are now around the world, you know, the, uh, you know, the backseat Dodge or the Barney's Bean Ray or, State Hospital or whatever, they're all in uh, museums in Europe, mostly. The uh, Backseat Dodge is in Los Angeles, finally. And yeah, the weights at the Whitney in New York. And, but the other big ones, I think, are all in Europe. In Sweden, yeah, it's kind of, you know, if you think about it, you know, if you really think about it and you kind of look at the pieces that were in that exhibition, 
So Sweden bought the state hospital, which is the, like the Asenisala. They bought, that was bought by Sweden. The fridge bought the bedroom, which is Visions of Sugar Pump. No, and you start going through it in your mind, you know, and of course Los Angeles in the end ended up with the car. And so when you start going through all of these pieces, you know, and, and where they go, it makes sense, you know, that we're not supposed to have, you know, personalities as, as countries, but I think in the end we do, you know. It, it, it's just, you know, it's kind of funny to, when you start thinking about it and you think, oh, how about that, you know. I mean, of course the French would get the bedroom, you know. I mean, it's like, no, of course they would, and, and all of that. But uh, anyhow, yeah, goes on. And this one, again, the Mortsall searcher. Mortsall was a talk show guy early on in America, and he was a little, he was a bit more, um, what you'd say, he's more intellectual than uh, Johnny Carson and Jay Leno and those ones that came after him. I don't know if you guys ever saw any of that. I have no idea if they were broadcast here. But he was a little bit more uh, staid, shall we say, than some of the others as they, as you know, television evolved. And I also thought it was strange that he had green eyes rather than blue because Mort Hall actually had blue eyes. But Ed wrote down green eyes, and I thought, okay. And this here has a drill in it that um, I guess you know that would be. Uh, little truth, you know. Anyhow, that would drill into the desk if you set it on somebody's desk. And, you know, there's always a joke there. There's always, somehow, there's a joke. And then this one, well, I always like this one. Now, when it was sold, it had the, the piece on the left covered the piece on the right, and the people that got it, which I th it was probably a trade rather than a sale, but anyhow, Dorothy and Michael Blankford from Los Angeles were good collectors, and, and uh, it had to remain covered for 10 years. And so they did actually keep it covered for 10 years. And then when they took it off, that was what was underneath. So for 10 years, they had just this hanging on their wall. And then after 10 years, you know, they took it off, and then they had that. And yeah, and then, yeah, so it's just, there's it always something. You know, there's always another twist to all of it. And these, these are called concept tableaus. All of these here. And what they, you know, is that Ed figured he couldn't make all these pieces and they were just ideas for pieces, but he couldn't actually make them all because they were, first of all, he didn't have the money, and second of all, they were, um, you know, it's just too much to do. So he made these and called them concept tableaus, and then you could buy them. And you could either have a piece realized or not. And then it says down here how much, you know, it was that this one is $15,000. I think it is. It should be twenty-five, dollars but fifteen, I guess. And then part two, which must be that, and artist's wages, you know, cost plus artist wages, well, you know, whatever that is. And um, mostly it would just be, you know, materials and stuff like that. Originally, they thought that, and then finally said, I'm not making those, you know, anymore. But, it, you know, it went on for, and then put what was left, but the, 
State Hospital was originally a concept tableau. The birthday, which is a piece which is in, is that right? Lisa, Peter, was that one? That's in uh, Stuttgart? But the State Hospital was, and the art show was, and the commercial number two, and Portable War Memorial. Actually, that's right, Monty Factor bought that one and had that realized. They're also a collector in Los Angeles, Monty and Betty Factor. And um, then, of course, it was too big, you know. I mean, it's probably about the size of that wall. And uh, it's pretty much about, you know, no matter what's going on, you know, you're having the war, the portable war memorial, and blah, 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 and then it goes on to, you know, business as usual. If you look at it again, you start on the left and you look through the right, you know, all the way through. And, and I'm sure there's a picture in here, this gallery of, of it, must be. And there certainly is on the internet or whatever. It can't be hard to find. And um, that's owned by the uh, Ludwig Museum in Cologne, unless they change the name of the Ludwig Museum in Cologne. Huh? It still is it? Okay, that's where that one is. And there's Kate Smith in a trash can who's singing God Bless America. Drives the um, guards crazy, you know, that she over and over and over and over. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, I think is it. So, are there any questions?